right, welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your favorite host, Trey. Um, hope you guys had a wonderful Friday and hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. It's been an interesting week in terms of basketball, I must say. Uh, let's, I don't want to spoil too much. Let's go ahead and just get straight on into it, shall we? Alright, so quarter one, Lakers analysis. Now, I didn't want to do the Lakers analysis so soon. However, it is kind of synonymous with the trending topic, right? Uh, For those of you guys who don't follow his boogie, he just got a little injury. We'll talk about that later. But let's let's look at the starting five. For what the Lakers should, I think the Lakers should uh, throw out there. I think they should throw out Rondo, Danny Green, Braun, Kuzma, and AD. Personally, I think that would set the tone pretty well. Rondo and Braun, they are savvy players. They're, they have good IQ. Um, AD is an upgrade from JaVale McGee in a multitude of ways. Kyle Kuzma should be able to hit the open three. And Danny Green can hit the open three. So we'll have spacing. We'll be able to attack, and I think that'll be able to allow us to get a nice early lead, right? Um, there's been a lot of conversation on whether Braun should be should play point. I think that actually should occur towards the end of the game because we can play with a larger lineup. You have maybe a Danny Green, um, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Braun... And Anthony Davis, something to that, something to that, to that degree, I think could actually be very beneficial. You get a lot of spacing with that, and Braun loves to drive. AD loves to. You would have to. You couldn't really double team anybody because everybody will be able to shoot, and you can also defend because you have length. So I think that would actually be beneficial for Braun, for Braun to to play point, and he kind of did so in. At, when he was on the Cavaliers. And he doesn't have to hold the ball as much because you also have Anthony Davis. Now, the bench is a plus, too, I must admit. You have JaVale McGee. You have KCP. Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley. Quinn Cook. Jared Dudley. Alex Caruso. And Troy Daniels. We have a lot of wings to throw out there on the defensive end, which is nice. However, we are a bit limited when it comes to big men, I must admit. Uh, JaVale McGee is nice to have. Anthony Davis is good, but Anthony Davis has had injury problems. Let's not forget that. So we may need a shop for another big man. We may need to. I don't know who that is, but someone in free agency needs to pop up because the depth there is very insufficient. Very insufficient. I'm getting tired of seeing all these like Anthony Davis leaving next year possibility reports. Like he just got here. Can he play one fucking game? Please just like give me one damn game. Cuz now if we lose, I'm about to question well, how hard did you play for us? Cuz at the beginning of the season, I'm sorry, prior to that Prior to preseason, like, 
Bro, I'm sorry. Yeah, prior to the season, like we couldn't get a commitment from you. That's what it's going to seem like. Oh, well, we could see him playing on the Knicks or the Chicago Bulls. Like, come on, bro. Come on, man. Like, let say that after the season. Like, say that after the season, please. Something like that, dude. Like, that's that's getting annoying, man. I'm getting tired of I'm getting tired of hearing that stuff. Um, and then also, every one of you guys who sat there and said it was a good idea to trade Anthony Davis for Lonzo Ingram, Josh Hart, pretty much Zubac, because we had to move Zubac in order to get Anthony Davis as well, and all the rookies after the third pick, because we could have gotten any of them. Every single one of y'all need to write them a card saying you deeply apologize and you're sorry. Because it makes no damn sense how, if he leaves, how, how this whole thing was butchered. And we're stuck with Braun. Oh my god. That would be stupid. Uh, and we still have coaching issues, dude. Like, I'm so, I still think we're going to have coaching issues. Frank Vogel's like, are right, you cool? That's fine. I can say he was on the Indiana Pacers, but... He's not going to get no respect. He's not going to get any respect like that. After all, Jason Kidd's going to take his job in like a couple seasons. We already know that. We already know that. He might get one season just for just for the aesthetics of the whole of the whole thing, right? But at the end of the day, we know Frank Vogel is not going to be the long-term coach. All right, quarter 2. Boogie down part 3. Tough. Like for starters, as I as I said on the as I, as I said on the Instagram post, happy birthday, Boogie! You know, it's four days ago, and it really, that that really makes us sadder, like to state this. But he tore his ACL. Um, how does this affect Boogie's career? I think this is the end. I think this is the end, ladies and gentlemen. He's a big man. He had a little girth to him. Pause. So when you when you look at it. You're having a lot of weight on a on on a few very serious injuries, like ACL, Achilles, torn quad. These are three injuries within three years, within three seasons. I'm sorry, and he te- and he hasn't even played the third one yet. Like he hasn't even played this next one. Last year he was overweight. Apparently coming into camp or a little hefty. This year he has slimmed down and was in shape, and and and, and an injury still occurred. Like, I think this is the end for him, man, and it sucks. I hate it because he he could have gone down as a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, that's mm, that's tough. How this impacts the Lakers. Well, for starters, we do have a roster spot open. However, since we signed them for the minimum, like, like for the low low, we're gonna have to, like I said, find a cheap veteran or a cheap free agent willing to come over. So, be looking for the next Lakers signing to be a to be a big man, power forward or center to be exact. Has to be. If it's a wing, oh my god, that's stupid. Alright, quarter three. Should we get more players within owner and management aspects of the NBA and NCAA? I think so. 
it makes the most sense, honestly. They've played, they've seen the back-end aspects of basketball, how it operates. They understand how players feel going through trades and how team chemistry should go down and how players interact and this, that, and the third. I think it makes more sense to have players in management positions than people who haven't played. You should have a good mix of the two. That way you can get a good balance of ideas. And I think we're going towards that correct trend. Antoine Jameson, for example, just got signed by the Wizards um, to be the director of pro personnel. So, long story short, the man's going to be helping out with the scouting team, um, giving them good guidance on who they should you know, kind of work with. But yeah, uh, also, players typically will resonate with former players. It's like when you go to work, you typically hang out with people who you vibe with, right? Um, whether that's just with race, um, upbringing, certain clique you have, like just sports fans, like, you know, like just whatever it is, right? You just typically like to hang out with that with that person, right? You, you typically just relate more with that person and then you're more open with that person and honest. So that's what I'm saying. We might want to we might want to put more players in management positions. You know get get a little on I promise you you get more honest feedback. You know your players coming from, they'll trust you, they'll play harder for you. You get a lot more result out of the players. Which means the game improves even more. Um and college level is it's similar thing. I mean, hiring former NBA players to be on the coaches, um, or to be either coach, the head coach, or at least part of the coaching staff, have to be, because again, they can relate. Even former play, even former college players, like the way Nolan Smith and John Shire on Duke, they both won championships for Duke and now are assistant coaches under Mike Krzyzewski. That's helpful. They can relate to players. If Coach K is hard on them one game, like one day, hey, look, toughen it up, blah 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 blah, like whatever, they, whatever they're saying, right? They can relate to the players. They can like talk to them in a way in which they understand better. A, it's it's because this, that, and the third. He doesn't mean it. Blah blah blah. Like he can calm them down or I hype them up when when need be. So, pe- having people who've gone through and had that experience does provide a level of comfort and will provide a lot of benefit to a team. Alright, quarter four, college basketball updates. So the college basketball way too early updates are out. Michigan got number one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, They got Cassius Winston, who's projected to be the top All-American this year. Um, you know, that's, a, that's, a comp, that's the Tom Izzo coach team. They have veteran leadership. It, I get it. Okay. I understand. It is what it is. Like, they can still fall. They can still fall. 
you know, we'll see. Uh, Kansas. Kansas came in at number two. Um, Kansas always has a veteran team. I don't know how. They just always recruit players and then just build them up, man. Like, it, it, And then they get, like, occasionally good recruits. But not occasionally. They're, their recruits are pretty good, but, like, they like the top tier recruits, like like a top five recruit, right? Like for example, Josh Jackson, um, Andrew Wiggins, um, Joel Embiid, players like that to that degree, right? Kentucky, of course, to no surprise, came in at number three. Uh, they had a solid recruiting class. Um, hmm, it's it's going to be interesting. They were actually hoping to get Dante. Uh, what's his name? Nafali Dante, uh, he committed to Oregon, so they, that that would have actually put them probably number, at number one. But uh, unfortunately, they didn't get him, so we're gonna slide them into number three. But you know, Coach Cal always produces good teams, so it's no surprise they're gonna be number three. They're gonna be young still, uh, so I'm sure they're gonna fall down a little bit. They'll probably get down to like number thirteen, climb back up to seven, you know, that type of deal. Stay there for a little bit, you know, then climb up to number four. Make a little noise, fall like you know, lose someone like Florida, and then drop to like number ten, and get someone to like number three or something like that, and then finish strong in the SEC. They may get to the championship game or lose to the in the finals, um, but you know, that that's a typical Kentucky type year. So look out for Kentucky per usual. Um, Florida, Florida came in at number four, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm only going to number five. So don't think I'm just going down the whole top 25 list. We're not doing that. It's not that type of year. Uh, I might do a couple honorable mentions, but those will be just like literally just mentioning the name. So Florida. Florida actually surprisingly came in at number four. <clears throat> Florida's fallen off for quite some time, actually. They they used to be like a really big powerhouse. I remember Joe Noah, Koei Brewer, and them boys back in the day when they were two-peated. Um, Florida used to be pretty damn solid, and then they just... They just fell off. They got a transfer from Virginia Tech, um, Kerry Blackshear Jr. Uh, he should be pretty. He's actually pretty good. And um, they got a McDonald's All American um, by by the name of Trey Mann. You know, I give him a little shout out. Cause we got the same name. Even spells it very similar. Uh, and so then, like I said, Florida's. Florida surprisingly is up here. Like their team is stouted with a few couple lottery picks, nice returning talent. Like seems pretty decent. They even got a little top fifty recruit that actually seems a little saucy out there. So I don't believe in Florida. Uh, I gotta see where the mindset is. You know, talent wise, okay, I get why they can be number four, but. You know they haven't been up here for quite some time, so you know, let's see, let, let, let's see where that takes them. You know, let's see where it goes. Ooh, damn, I did say five. All right, well, Louisville comes in at number five. All right, we're t- we're hitting the first team in the ACC. Did I did I say that right? Yes, I did. Okay, bet 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 bet. Yeah, the first team in the ACC comes in at number five. Pretty typical. Pretty standard, you know. Sometimes, most of the time, we're higher, but it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Louisville, you know, has had a little trouble with scandals in the past. Um, 
But they're always like a formidable team. I know when they were, when they had Russ Smith, and they made that championship run. That was just like, that was just like a tremendous year. They actually played Duke, and we really got our ass whooped. We actually played them early in the season too, and um, it didn't matter. We we lost that second go round, but uh. Yeah, like Louisville's always a tough team. They're always tough, very physical. Um, they go at you. Uh, they got a nice little freshman coming in by the names of um, um, Samuel Williamson, and uh, and then they they uh, they got their uh, the guy Dwayne Starr. No, I'm sorry, Dwayne Sutton. He's um, going to be re- uh, returning, and there uh, and those two players going to be on the wing. So that could be a nice little star uh, tandem right there on the on on the wing. And um, who else? They they got somebody. Uh, they got cuz out of uh, Saint Joseph. Um, uh, Lamar Kimball, Lamar Kimball, transfer out of Saint Joseph. So you know, watch out for those three names right there. Um, like I said, I will do honorable mentions. Uh, this one hurts because Duke did come in at number six. Uh, I'm gonna just say it real fast. Alright, so we got Trey Jones coming in. Alright, cool. And he's returning. Um, we had to replace a lot. We had to replace a lot, man. Zion, RJ, Cam Reddish. Like, that. that's a lot to replace, you know? But, um, I think we, I think, I think we got back on track. We got, we, we returned uh, Javin Delorier, Alex O'Connell, Jack White. Um, Justin Robinson, the son of uh, David Robinson, um, Jordan Goldwire, okay, Joey Baker, and then we got a nice little recruiting class. We got Vernon Carey, Matthew Hurt, Wendell Moore, and Cassius Stanley. Now, these boys are all five star. Well, Cassius isn't a five star recruit. He's a four star recruit. But these boys out here can hoop. Okay, Carey uh, is night is a big man, nice center, six ten. Uh, Matthew Hurt, power forward, six eight. Wendell Moore is six six, and they're like number five, number ten, number twenty three, or something like that, um, in the nation. So expect to hear big things out of the, out of them boys. And also, it was noticeable that VCU actually was up there ranked wise as well. It's it's funny they they always are are ranked for some reason. Like it's funny you would have thought they would have dipped because of Shock and Smart, but they're still relevant. So yeah, that's uh that's wild. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have for today. Um. Real quick before I go, quick shout out to uh, Nipsey Hussle. His birthday was yesterday. And um, yeah, just want to say that, you know, less gun violence, please. Uh, let's have a little more care towards the human race. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a little disagreement and talking things out. You know, life's too short. So I just wanted to say that out there for him, you know. Rest in peace, Nip. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. And turn up for the weekend, too. I I know I will be. It's been a long week.